All right. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to another Learning Tech Talks, where we are continually exploring the landscape of learning and workplace tech. We've, we've expanded the scope, and you know what? We're not even just tech, even though that's probably a majority of the bend just because I love it so much. But, um, you know, I am talking with Michael Guas Guastamacchio. Did I get it right? Nailed it. Okay. All right. So what was it? You said I was probably going to butcher it, which I, I told you I probably would, which I, I kind of did because I actually paused like mid mid name. Um, but you said there's more to it. So actually now I'm really curious because I have to imagine I'm not the only person who has had gotten stuck on that one. Yeah, I've heard uh, Gusta Machio, um, <laughs> some, something, some permutation of like guacamole. Uh, guacamole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but okay. no, you did great. Man. All right. Well, you know, I I told you I actually wrote it down phonetically so that I would try and remember. But what's funny is even looking at it, I that's why I stopped mid. I'm like, wait a minute, did I? Okay, here we go, here we go. So anyway, I I love when that happens because it's always fun, interesting conversations. People call me Chris all the time, and I'm like, well, no, not exactly, but all right, we're close. Um, so you're the CEO of MediaZilla, and for those of you who are just joining, uh, feel free to feel free to comment in. Let us know where you are. But we're talking about enterprise video done right, and you may be thinking, video. I mean, isn't that just like a big trend? Isn't video everywhere? Well, stay tuned because while it's everywhere, we talk a lot about extraordinary experience, and all video experience is not created equal. So we're gonna we're gonna get into what that actually means and what that looks like. But before we do, so Michael, I, I'm asking everybody to comment and say where they're from, but I guess I should ask you as well. Where are you right now, location-wise, and home office, office building, hotel? Like, where are you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm in Southern California, in the city of Long Beach. Uh, so I'm actually in, uh, I'm in WeWork. I'm in one of the, the conference room. My office is just, uh, across the hall. So, uh, okay. this is where I come in, uh, most days, but our, our team's actually dispersed globally. Um, but I'm physically, yeah, in Southern California. Okay. All right. All right. And is it, so SoCal, if I talk to folks in like the Bay area they, you know, they've got their own microclimates and they've got all that. SoCal, is that a little more the like stereotypical weather that people think of when they think of California? Have you had the heat wave? I talked to people in LA and it's, he was like, oh, it's brutal right now. Yeah, yeah, about a week ago. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. It got up to like 106 uh, <laughs> on the weekend, but it's it's kind of, uh, it's tamed down now, so it's not not too bad. All right, all right. Now, do, now, have you always been in the Southern California area? Yeah, I grew up here. Um, I grew up not too okay. far away in uh, Seal Beach. So, and then I went to UCLA okay. up in uh, on the West Side, uh, in West LA. Right. So yeah, I've been okay. SoCal native, born, raised, which is which is kind of rare, but <laughs> all right, all right. Well, any like any you know, are you are you into like because when I think people growing up in Southern California, a lot of the folks I know who grew up surfers, skaters, like that kind. Of, I mean, are you, are you are you surfer skater or was it like no? Actually, no. That actually is not a stereotype that fits me whatsoever. <laughs> did this? Did the skateboarding? Didn't do surfing as much, but uh, definitely did did some skate. We actually have some uh, on the platform um, some videos. My my co founder and I have when we were because uh, we we grew up together so we have some uh old school skateboard videos when we were like really teens. yeah okay. yeah pretty fun okay. stuff do you do you do you still ride i don't ride uh mainly i ride my okay. bike i have a road bike so like i do that okay. all right all right and the only reason i see kind of total random thing but for those who who've been following me my kids asked me to teach them to skateboard and i haven't i skateboarded maybe for like six months when i was like 14 and i thought yeah sure i'll pick that up you know just turning 40 why not i'm sure it's not that big <laughs> of a deal and um lot harder to learn than I expected, but it's been a blast. Now, granted, my wife is still not happy because my my right leg looks like I just decided to, you know, skid down um, and took sandpaper to it because I just ate it the other day. But I'm I'm still enjoying it. So anyway, that that's some of the curiosity behind it. Um, but so okay, so well, okay, childhood friend is also your co-founder. So was this something back? You're you're riding in the pools you know, hitting the hitting jumps and ollieing all over stuff. And you go, you know what? Someday we should create an enterprise video platform. Was that, was that in the cards? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we had the, the enterprise uh, <laughs> vision uh, back in the day, but um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the backstory, my, my co-founder and also his older brother, we, we grew up together. We actually uh, grew up down the street from each other. So we've known each other uh, since we were about 10, 11 years old. And um, 
yeah, used to skateboard and then basically started like early stages getting into videos. So his older brother, uh, they got a camera and we just started okay. filming stuff. So we'd film like big, the, the old school one you had to like they, hold. On they the had side. one of those, like even our family, we had one of the old school Betamax, like the handheld one. Oh like a, yeah. Like a briefcase, uh, you know, on your shoulder, <laughs> uh, beta too. Um, but, but then <clears throat> the cameras got a little smaller. So like the SVU, yep. like smaller cameras. So we actually started filming handy like cam things yeah yeah we started filming like uh skateboard events and then and then we actually started making like just silly funny home movies uh for okay. like high school projects and things like that i'm ready to do a spanish project um so we oh, i did word. it in spanish like the world's the world's dumbest criminals uh i remember that was like a video i think i still have that at home probably my mom's uh so on VHS. I, it's funny you bring this <laughs> up because so I know we're going on a trip down memory lane, which is like, oh, I love this show because who knows where we go with it. But I, you know, and I would also be curious, people who watch this, if you have any funny childhood video memories, but I, high school, Spanish video is one of the most vivid memories I have because <laughs> I had I was like the TJ, TJ Detweiler from recess of, of the class. And like, I didn't want to do an actual Spanish project where I had to actually do anything. So similar, we made a Spanish video where we're like, let's do like the stupidest things that you could possibly do, but we'll have the conversations in Spanish. And we almost flunked it. But the only reason we didn't is because we kept all the bloopers. And then we put that at the end of the video. And the teacher watched the bloopers and went, you spent so much time saying over and over all the span you actually did probably more work than anybody well, you had so much fun doing it and so honestly the bloopers all the flubs that's actually what ended up getting us the a on it so it's funny that we both have childhood spanish video memories interesting <laughs> that's awesome okay so video's been in your blood from from way back when yeah 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 and kind of that you know that that morphed a little bit we got we started you know making these projects and then um my co-founder Jonathan, his older brother actually went to film school. So he had to do student projects, okay. um, you know, and then we got like real deep into, you know, uh, DVD and Blu-ray when there was, you know, uh, director's commentary and uh, deleted scenes oh, yeah. and things like that. We would go down the rabbit hole. So we'd like watch a movie and then we'd go back and watch the director's commentary because we just watch like the eight hours of additional yeah. stuff. Yeah. You like watch a two and a half hour movie and then you watch another two and a half. And sometimes they'd have two, they would have like director's commentary and actor's commentary, but it was just like, it was just fascinating to like get inside their head. They're like, okay, yeah, this shot, the way we filmed it, the lighting. So it was just like really early on, we had yeah. this like deep just, affinity uh, for video. Yeah. Just this passion for video as a medium, as a communication medium, telling stories. It was just really, really incredible. And you know, that just kind of kept, blossoming and then we we actually uh we ran our own video production company together so the three of us uh okay. we had a company called uh guava street productions um so we actually as crazy as it sounds we were actually like one of the leading uh event filmmakers for uh, huge indian weddings so really uh, like these big like half a million million dollar uh weddings where they have you know the bride and group or the bride coming in on an elephant on a horse like five hundred thousand people you know at saint regis things like that so um, yeah, it's it pretty, wow. pretty interesting. That's great. Okay. So it's not like video was something that you just had nothing to do with and then randomly thought, you know what, we should create a video, you know, hosting company. It was like, it was in your blood. You'd seen the ins and outs, the complexity of it, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. And then, so, so you started MediaZilla. How do you describe that to people when people say media, what, what is that? What? is that company that you run? How do you describe it? Yeah. I mean, we, we start really just saying, you know, we help people deliver the world's most important videos. That's okay. kind of the, <clears throat> the thing we focus on the most. And, you know, there, there's a ton of, you know, features and functionality. At the end of the day, it's, you know, if you have a really important, incredible video or story to tell, we're the place to come. And, you okay. know, you're not... You're not going to the stuff that's on our platform, the stuff that people are using. It's not the stuff that's <laughs> gave be on some YouTube. great examples. You know, it's not Charlie bit my finger. It's not cat videos. You're not going to see, okay. uh, you know, Red Lobster, Cheddar Bay biscuit ads uh, on a pre-roll. Like none okay. of that. Like that has its place. I get it. Like I watch videos on YouTube, but you know, I, I jokingly say, so are you suggesting that you're not going to get lost and lose like three days in yeah. absolute nonsense? If, if you're on the platform, is that, is that kind of what you're getting at? <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't have a recommendation engine. So you're not going to go down the rabbit hole and then you're like, 
like, wait, why am I watching a video on thermodynamics? We never landed on the moon. I yeah. figured it out because I was on YouTube last night. <laughs> thermodynamics, like who knew? Like, huh. Okay, okay. Well, but I have to imagine to some degree, that has to be a question that comes up. Like when you describe this, when people go, well, we, we, you know, we do this and they go, well, yeah, it isn't, isn't that what video YouTube is for? I mean, you describe some of those things, but as you look at it, what made you decide, like, what was really the inception of saying, we need to go do this differently because yes, there's been video hosting platforms out there for a long time, but, and honestly, a, a lot of tech platforms anymore have some sort of video hosting workflow in them. So then why say, no, nah, we're going to go do it. We're going to go do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, originally our thesis, the, even the name MediaZilla, we want to be like, you know, the Godzilla of, of media. <laughs> and even like a sidebar there, we actually got contacted by the Godzilla corporation called Toho Limited really? because we had a logo that had a quote unquote, uh, reptilian theme. So we had to actually like modify <laughs> our logo when we first came out. I, I still have one of the original shirts, like with the logo. Um, but that was like the original, that was kind of like a funny, a funny story, but um, I almost feel like that's a badge of honor to get on their radar and have them even reach out and go, Hey, you're, you're in some way infringing on this. Cause so many things would just go under, they'd be like, Oh, whatever. This isn't even something worth caring about. So obviously you caught their attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. But okay. yeah, I mean, really the, the, the genesis, you know, originally we, we wanted to capture kind of all media. So we're thinking, hey, okay. one, like our original thesis, we say, hey, why not have all your media in one central place? Like, why do you have your media in all these disparate places? You know, and this was a number of years ago. So this was back in like 2012, 2013, when okay. we were kind of brainstorming some of the ideas. But we said, hey, what do we, because we actually ran a previous company uh, in professional video called Precomposed. We were creating these beautiful menu templates for uh, Adobe Encore using, you know, you can customize it with After Effects and they were really great. So we knew, we knew this industry really, really well. We produced films and, and, you know, high quality production and things like that. So we're like, okay, well, let's start with the video. Let's start there because we okay. know that medium. And we're like, okay, well, what's out there right now? And what are the things that we dislike? The first was ads for sure. Just like, you know, YouTube, again, I watch YouTube all the time. I watch videos on there. there there's, there's great content creators and stuff like that. Sure. But, but it's the ad experience is absolutely atrocious yeah, and it's only getting worse. I feel like it used to be bad. It's gone from, I mean, I pay for premium just because yep. I have kids that use it. And I'm like, I don't want you watching half of these ads that pop up that I have zero control over. Yeah. 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 And that was, that was a big part of it. Just saying like, you know, that type of experience and then kind of this recommendation algorithm and then even potentially going to competitors like, okay, well that's, we don't want to support that. Like Mike, John and I talked early on and we're like, no, that's not going to be how we're going to monetize yeah. that. Because uh, what we found is that a lot of platforms that do that go down that route, you know, <clears throat> they're kind of beholden to advertisers because they're saying, okay, well, that's the only oh, way yeah. we're making money. So we're like, okay, we don't want just almost like- And then their demands, software. I have to imagine, just get bigger and bigger and bigger because they realize, well, everybody's skipping like the, the front-loaded ad that they can skip. So yeah. how do we get in front of folks more and more and more? So you're beholden yeah. to that. Okay. So that was that was one big piece of it. And I would say another, uh, there was there was a, a equally as important piece was creating this amazing user experience. So kind of going back to, you know, our early days of DVD and Blu-ray and having this beautiful menu that you can navigate and you have multiple videos and just this great experience. We wanted to recreate that because what we saw with Netflix and most other <clears throat> services, when they moved away from physical media, they got rid of a lot of the experience. They just had a standalone yeah. video. I have an embedded video. You know, even Vimeo, like they were, people forget they actually came out before YouTube, but you have an embedded video, uh, you know, and you didn't have this menu system. You didn't have this beautiful experience. And also if you have, it's very common that you have multiple videos for the same project. Like that's a really, really common use case. Yeah, And so true. do you want 56 videos embedded on a page? Do you want 56 links? You're like, wait, why does that have to exist? Right. If these are all directly way. interconnected, why do we need to have disparate things? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a huge part, but, and what was awesome is <clears throat> we had this idea and then like, this is right around the time that HTML5 came out. So it really changed the, the nature of what you could do in a browser. So you could create interactivity within a browser. So we actually worked on a, a prototype. This was back in like 2013. So we actually created a prototype of the menu system and then we put it out to the, you know, to our, our customers really? and other people and just saying, Hey, is this something you guys would use? And we got this over like, oh my God, this is so great. Like, 
How has nobody created this? Like people were so fired up because they love that experience that they had, but they wanted to move it online, right? Like you don't want to be relegated to 480p into eternity. Like, sorry, you could fit about an hour and four. Or having to do some major post-production because some of the things you just described, I mean, there's ways you can do it, but you need a whole suite of softwares and it's not actually native to the video. You've now packaged it in a whole nother set of things to actually create any sort of, of of that experience, which for most people is more work than they're honestly even capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah. And we were seeing that. I mean, we, we saw that with our, our previous company, Precomposed Media, right? Like that was even the genesis for that because we saw how much pain and time people are wasting trying to create a basic menu system um, that wasn't, you know, you know, just kind of this amazing experience. So that was even when we were creating these templates, um, we increase the workflow, you know, we increase people's time, uh, their time efficiency incredibly. And they also were able to produce amazing, uh, you know, amazing piece of content, amazing experience. And then, so we kind of took that idea and like, okay, how do we move this online? Because that's where the future is going. It's not, okay. it's not physical media. It's not staying in, you know, like DVD was a huge leap, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we're talking about 4k video, 8k video, there's amazing cameras out there. And it's like DVD is at 480p. That's it. You, yep. ca- you you max out, you get about a, an hour and 47 minutes uh, and that's it. So it's like, that's not the future. So we're like, well, how do we build the future? You know, cause we can As demonstrated it. by the last blockbuster, if you have not <laughs> seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, so I, I'm curious on that one because then when I think about this from a use case standpoint or even just kind of when, cause, cause to me, I think sometimes you could look at this and you could say, well, you know, one or the other, but I, I see a world where potentially this is like a, well, it's not an either or it's a both and type situation. Cause we talked a little bit about some of the customers that you have. And I want to dig deeper into this workflow stuff, because I think that's some of the experience stuff that if you haven't actually done video production work, just gets completely overlooked and you go, well, just put a quick video together and it's like, well, no, no, it's, there's no such thing. Like I, I know everybody would like to think, well, everybody has a cell phone so they can capture video. We can just quickly produce it and have a wonderful cinema quality production, but that's not the case. But I am curious, are there specific use cases or times where you go, this is where that experience really matters or where you would go this. I mean, obviously, ideally it'd be at all experiences, but the reality is there are some that I have to imagine you go, this really, really makes sense. Cause we were talking a little bit about your customer base and times where you go, this is when it really stands above the others. Are there times where you see that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's definitely a few, I would say <clears throat> kind of a high level, there's a few key use cases. So I think really the first is if if someone's paying for you to produce a final product, there, in my opinion, there's a different expectation there, right? So yeah. if I'm paying, like in our in our building here, right, they periodically, there's a company here and they'll film uh, podcasts, like sports podcasts and stuff like that. And they okay. have multiple cameras set up, DSLR, beautiful lighting and things like that. You know, so they're, they're doing an actual production. <laughs> yeah, they're doing, a, they're doing a proper production, you know, and, and pro- they're going to do an amazing job in post-production. And so there's an expectation where it's like, you know, that experience, not just the video, not just like clicking play, but like the entire experience of ingesting this video you know, if there's any additional assets and stuff, like there's a higher level of expectation. So just throwing that video up on YouTube or Dropbox or Google Drive, it's like, I get it. There's some functionality and there's some ease for if, if I'm the actual person doing that work. But for the end user, it's it's awful. You're like, it's a terrible experience. Why, why, are, why am I being subjected to this? This can all be done correctly. You know, why, why, is, this, uh, why is this being done? Um, and one of the other big... Um, big use cases I would say for sure is like any type of like internal communication, B2B, even with external stakeholders, there's, in my opinion, there's, there's very much, there should be this level of professionalism, again, kind of going back to that experience, but how I'm ingesting this content. Cause we see this all the time, like, okay, a specific use case webinars, right? That's, we did a whole series. We, we actually went and looked at all the different platforms. Like I registered every, for like two months, like every, every webinar I could register for, but I purposely didn't attend because I wanted the VOD. I wanted the video. You wanted the, yeah, the video recording. Yeah. I was yeah. like, send me the recording. Like, give me, give me some, uh, you know, give me some data. And <clears throat> what we're finding is that, you know, companies, even like Stripe, big companies, like 
they're doing unlisted links on uh, YouTube, talking about private content. Like you actually go watch the content. And you're like, wait, you guys are yeah. discussing some really important stuff here. Doing an unlisted link or a password protected link with just a single password, to me, it was just it was just crazy. I was like, okay. why, why is this being done? But I think a lot of people, they just, they don't necessarily think, I don't think they're, you know, they're intentionally trying to mess things up. I just don't think they think No, it's probably just a lack of knowledge and just convenience factor where it's like, well, I don't know what else to do. Yep. And I don't think there's really any other options. So this seems easy enough. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it, a lot of times we've seen, because we talk to some of these folks and we kind of find out, you know, hey, help me understand. They're like, well, you know, I just, I just want to quickly get it out. Um, or we already had a YouTube account or uh, I have Dropbox or Google Drive. So I just put it up there. But kind of, you know, what we, what we really found, like we really, really dig into the details. It's like oftentimes they find out, you know, shortly thereafter or in the long term, like, man, there was some serious limitations on, you know, resolution. Uh, the video wasn't encoded. You know, it doesn't play back on mobile. It doesn't play back in Safari. Like there is a litany of things that like issues that we have been fixing over the last nine years, like million, literally millions of dollars invested in engineering and R&D okay. and, and on the product side of things so that when you click play, it just works. Like that's, okay. that's, that's the magic. So I want to, I want to dig into some of these because I, I have some that come immediately to mind. And, um, you know, again, for folks who are watching, I'd love, I'd love just to hear your perspective on, on kind of these. So if you're alt tab doing something else, here's your chance to kind of tab back <laughs> into it. Um, but like, what are some of those negative experiences that you run into that it's like, this is often dismissed as well. That's just the cost of, you know, doing business that it's like, well, no, actually that's the cost of poorly choosing the way you manage your video. Cause I, I think one that just jumped out to me, I, I you know, while the, the org I'm with now is not global previously, the last two orgs, they were global organizations. And oftentimes that creates a lot of problems for the end user experience that you don't realize you know, that you take for granted because you might be like, well, we're in the States and we're all on high speed and maybe we have a YouTube premium account. So we don't even deal with the ad experience. So great. We'll throw it on there. Then all of a sudden you start getting the mess or, or again, Dropbox. Oh, we'll just put it on Dropbox and send it out. And then you realize, oh, well, this person's not on the distribution list. And, da, 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 da. and it takes nine hours for the thing to stream because it's a eight gig, you know, video file type of a thing, or you can't even upload it. What are some of the most common things that you, you go, you think this isn't that big of a deal, but I'm telling you, this is actually crushing your end user experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's probably like, this could probably be like a 10 hour conversation, but I'll I'll distill it down to like <clears throat> some of the core ones. But yeah, I would say that the first part that we've seen a lot is when there's content that really needs to stay private or there's security concerns, okay. um, that one is comes up a lot. And <clears throat> the really interesting part about this is this can be both for internal and external stakeholders like that okay. use case where you have to keep content private. There's security issues. There's, you know, maybe IP that's in there, but you need to share it with potentially external stakeholders. It's not just internal. Okay. So you can't just keep well, it might need to be shared, but it can't be just out in the ether type of a thing. Cause this data privacy and security, and I, I want to go into this a little bit to me, I feel like this is a topic that is grossly overlooked that, Right. And it's it's going to come back to haunt us, I think, in, in the near term. I mean, you go tell your CISO that you're like, well, I took this video that we shot of the whatever. I just threw it on YouTube. But don't worry. Don't worry. I made it an unlisted link. So <laughs> you should be good with that. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's that's like just that uh, right there. I would say that's like one of the biggest things that we've seen where okay. people um, and again, I don't I don't think they're they're being malicious or, no, it's or not being malicious. careless or anything like that. I think it's really just they just don't really understand the the ramification. And so we see we see this all the time. Yeah. Unlisted YouTube links. Oh, I put a password on it, but it's a generic password that just can get uh, you know, shared around. Uh putting stuff on Dropbox, again, still making it public. And even sometimes that they make it downloadable too, which is, you know, kind of crazy. <clears throat> People who have like webinars and it's just like, oh yeah, just download and things like that. So I would say, yeah, kind of one of the, the most important things that we've seen is really it's like security and privacy. Yeah, security and privacy and you know, just putting that at the forefront, like how important is video? Like, were they talking about sensitive topics? If and and then almost like running a, um, a a case study or like in your head, hey, if this video got out in the wild, let's say this thing went viral, are you okay with that? Like, are you okay if 
someone, you know, gets a hold of the link and they post it on Twitter and anybody who wants to has access to view it or download it. Like that's, that's okay. kind of the question. Like you almost want to go to that extreme and saying, right. Is this that something persists, that if it got out could haunt you <laughs> at some point? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think okay. that's, that's kind of one of those things where, you know, you really want to kind of take that into consideration. Um, I would say another big I thing. I am curious before you go to the next yeah, one though. Yeah, man. How do you help with that piece? Because I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, people do struggle with this. Okay, I know that this needs to be secure, but I also, like you said, I have a diverse audience that, because if you've ever tried to use like a file sharing thing and you're like, well, uh, if I've got to add a list of people, like that mm -hmm. list is constantly changing. And uh, so how do you help with that? Because that that is a real problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the way we tackled it, um, we call it digital delivery. That's kind of internally, okay. uh, internally and externally what we refer to it as. But it's basically a way of sending uh, content privately. So let's just say I had a piece of content. I said, hey, Christopher, um, I need to send this to you. You're outside of my organization, so we don't have the same domain. We, we basically dispatch a uh, one-time use email that goes out to you and it allows you to really? set up your free account and then you take possession of uh, this video or the project. And what's really cool is you can only watch that video while you're logged into your MediaZilla account. So there's multiple layers of security. So you're actually authenticating it, it. So we're authenticating it. We're making sure that's a one time, once that invite gets used, it's gone. There's additional You can't forward layers. it on to somebody else to be yep. like, oh, here, you watch the video too. And they forward yeah. it around. It's linked to your email. There's, there's like multiple layers of security. And so, cause this use case, <clears throat> this use case came up really early on where people are saying like, for example, so you asked earlier, kind of one of the use cases. So we have we have uh, lots of members that do legal depositions. Okay. Um, so one of our one of our lifetime members, he's based in Indiana, so he does uh, uh, lots of legal depositions. So he delivers them through our platform to the law firm. So he's uploading to his account, and then he's digitally delivering it to the law firm. Well, these depositions can never see the light of day. So unlisted, uh, you know, link. Oh uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I can only imagine protecting, uh, you know, putting up on Dropbox. Hey, don't tell anyone about this Dropbox link and just download right, it. Just keep it quiet. I trust yeah. that you won't. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we really thought deeply about this. We're like, okay, well, how do we actually solve this problem? Because it's, there, there are lots and lots of use cases where it's like, you have to get content to external stakeholders and, you know, making something public for like an hour and then, okay, did you download it? Did you get, you know, did you take possession of it? And even oh. then, if the other part of it too is even just going on top of that is, okay, well, do you even want to enable downloading? Like there were some great posts in uh, LinkedIn yesterday. Some people in the community were asking about, hey, what about downloading progressive MP4s and things like that? Well, it's like some of this content, you don't want the end user download. You just no. want them to, you, know, you want to control access. Like, Yeah, you want them account. to be able to stream it and see it, but you don't necessarily want them to keep a permanent copy of it somewhere. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. So. So that part, and it, and it kind of, you know, it's kind of bundled together with security and privacy, you know, and also, you know, making sure that you can actually deliver this. Because I'm just user. even thinking about some of this stuff. So, so for learning and development folks, you know, one of the challenges where I see this pop up a fair amount is um, for like new hires who haven't quite joined the organization yet. So they don't have a corporate email address. And so this is, I mean, I can tell you, I've been steeped in this battle with many organizations where you go, well, how do we get content to them before they start? But we don't necessarily want them sending it around to everybody, or we may have IP because we want it. We know we're hiring them. So there are things we know we can share with them because they've signed an employment agreement and mm -hmm. whatever, but we don't necessarily want anybody else to see it type of a thing. And to me, that that one immediately pops to mind of when you're trying to reach those employees who aren't employees yet and they don't have a corporate email address or heck sometimes those people don't get i don't know how some other people's it's processes are but sometimes that can be weeks after they start before they have access to it yeah yeah no that's that's definitely a common use case i mean <clears throat> you think about okay well maybe there's some some onboarding some training uh some things about company culture or there's things that you want them to to watch ahead of time yeah if they don't right. have you know the Mediazilla domain or, you know, Johnson, Johnson or GE or what have you. It's like, okay, well, how am I getting this content? And then do I want, I don't want to just send them, you know, a file in an email, let them download it and things like that. So yeah, this, this well, is one method. Good luck sending them a file. If it's of any sort of quality type of thing, yep. you're going to get the bounce back that it's yep. too big anyway. We're over 25 megs. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
but okay. Okay. But yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that that part is that part I think is is really really like it's a really interesting and even though it seems simple, like it's there's a no, lot of complexities behind the scenes. Like we we have invested years into perfecting that, setting up security parameters, like making sure that it's like when you log in, you're you know you're able to watch this content privately. You're not able to forward it. You're not able to download it. You know, if you want to, sure. Some of these options are available, but um, yeah. there's a lot of you stuff that just customize it based around. on your use case, but you at least have the flexibility, which like you said, I, I warned you, I was going to go deep on some of these, like when I jump on, because these are things that could be easily glossed over and go, yeah, that doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. Well, no, it is. And I can think of even not only just workflow or not only just security issues, but even just workflows and workarounds that I've personally been involved with, or I've heard and seen other organizations do to try and like basically do media gymnastics to try and make some <laughs> of this stuff work. And it's like, how much time and money are you spending? Cause that's the thing. I think sometimes it's like, well, it's free. Is it really? <laughs> define <Yeah>. free, <laughs> like define free because it's not free. The time and energy going into it and the degraded user experience that comes at a cost, whether you can actually easily quantify it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's one. Are there any other big ones that jump out where you go, this is something that, you know, really pops up. You said there's a handful that immediately come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I would say another big one. I kind of refer to almost as like, like video fundamentals. So just like kind of core fundamentals. So uploading, transcoding and playback. And what do I mean by this is, you know, when, when the pandemic, uh, you know, took hold, um, you know, one of my good friends, he's a chemistry professor. And so we, we connected because obviously like tons of schools, organizations, like overnight, boom, I gotta be, I gotta be a video organization. I, I've never done yeah. video. I've never streamed anything. And what, what now everything friends, has to be video, everything's video. But the biggest thing that we found is that, um, people were, you know, they were using kind of maybe what they knew or maybe a solution that I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with, but a lot of them, like obviously the schools use different types of LMSs. So Blackboard, Moodle, uh, things like that. Right. Um, and so some of them like Google drive, <laughs> they like loosely say, Oh, we, we support video and things like that. And so I was like, I was just helping them out. I was like, here, dude, let's test, let's test this out, man. Cause he's like, I have to record all my zoom sessions. I have to put them up and then we're putting them up. He's uploading them to, to the LMS. And then we're like, okay, let's try to play this thing back. And it was like, it was abysmal. Like some of them, they don't really even support playback in the LMS. So you're actually just download, the users are downloading the files and playing it locally, which is, which is kind of crazy. And then a lot of these platforms, they don't transcode multiple versions, which, you know, when you're thinking about it, okay, let's just say, for example, I filmed, so like even on my phone, right? I can film something in 4K, 1080p, yep. pretty, pretty high resolution. So yeah. back to your earlier point, great. If I got fantastic bandwidth, if I'm on 5G and I'm trying to play back, probably not an issue. But when you're thinking about, oh, I have audience members all over the world. They have different device sizes. They have different internet connections. Like, yeah, schools are, I mean, I just think schools, they're in all different areas. You can't guarantee people have broadband cable T1 connections at their house. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, you know, a big part that we've seen is just the, the fundamentals of being able to play back a video without it buffering forever, without it stopping, even just being able to load. And <clears throat> even though it seems straightforward, right? Like, most people they're used to a pretty good experience. Like even on YouTube, YouTube has multiple encoded versions. People don't realize too, like when you're watching videos, even on like Netflix and things like that, when that wheel's spinning initially, when it's loading, it's actually doing like a latency check. It's trying to, it's looking at what device you have. It's looking at the TV resolution and then it's okay. serving up the optimal file size. As crazy as it sounds, some uh, movies, they have up to 240 versions encoded of the same movie. Really? So it can serve you up the perfect, uh, you know, version and create the option. Like, so it's actually doing a little rapid assessment of what is this user doing? Where are they right now? And let's make sure that the video experience they have is optimal for them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, the question you ask is, you know, what are the, what are the downsides or, or what are the challenges that we see? It's like, well, the company, you know, the, these services, um, where video isn't there, it's really not in their DNA. It's not, yeah, or they're not thinking about it. it's an afterthought. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get these these issues where it's like buffering issues. Uh, maybe the, the video is in super low quality. Like, why am I why is this all pixelated? Like, I don't get it. I'm used to seeing beautiful 4K video. Like, why is this video all, all pixelated? Um, you know, maybe there's and then there's limits, like a lot of these, even Dropbox and Google Drive, some of these ones, uh, Google Drive specifically, 
<clears throat> there's uh, daily bandwidth limits that they don't really tell you about. So we've seen it, like we did a bunch of research. So if you, oh, hit, I'm, if you I'm, hit more than bandwidth, you're gonna get a notification. Sorry, you hit your max limit today. No more views are, are allowed. And you're like, wait, I didn't understand. But it's like, yeah, because Google Drive is not meant to stream video. You know, uh, Dropbox is not meant to stream video. Right. Most LMSs, it's meant to store know. it. And if you can need to pull it down or access it or something like that, it's, it's again, it's an asset management and not, uh, personal perspective, not a great one for, for this kind of stuff, but it's more of an asset management structure versus a kind of end user experience side. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I would say like kind of in combination that too, one of the, one of the biggest issues too is uh, as crazy as it sounds is uh, just browser support. Like I, I know it seems like, Oh, it should just work in Chrome and Firefox and Safari and then on mobile. But I can just tell you from personal experience behind the scenes, like there's a lot of nuances uh, between the different browsers and Safari, Safari usually has the most, like we kind of jokingly internally saying like Safari is kind of like the new internet explorer, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's widely used, right? Like, like I'm on, I'm in Safari on, on some of these applications, stuff like that, you know, on, especially on mobile, it's a default for iOS, but there's a ton of nuances. We're like, wait, this works fine in Chrome and Firefox. Like we have no issues. And then, Oh, Safari, we're like, so we just kind of accept it. We're like, yeah, you know, we got to do some testing. Okay. We found the issue. We got to update right. in the CSS, the styling. Okay. Maybe there's this issue the way it's loading the video. Um, but those are like these nuanced things okay. that maybe, you know, the average person's not going to think about like, yeah, I just, I just put up a video and it should work fine. But then, you know, you find out after the fact, you're like, man, none of my users can watch us in Safari. None of my users can watch us on mobile. You know, my users are having all, all windows, you know, on a, on uh, edge, it's having all these issues. Um, okay. So, but we're we're sweating those. We're sweating those details. We're like, no, this, this has to work. Yeah, like this needs to yeah. work. These just when you click play, it's got to play back perfectly. Well, and I think, and I think going back to, uh, and and I want to. There's a direction I want to go with this after this, but two, your your kind of final two points with this. I mean, we talk a lot about the end user experience in our industry in terms of you know creating this extraordinary experience, but some of these things. I don't always know that we we put the lens of detail on some of this because some of these things can actually be pretty catastrophic, like what you described. It's it's not something you go, ah, you know, ha, ha it's not that really that big. No, no, this is kind of a big deal. If you've got a three gig recording of something that like is critical to your end users to see and you just send it out and only 30% of the people can even access it or the other... 40% are waiting 12 hours to download it because the thing is so big and their bandwidth is so low that it was not optimized. They can't even do it. I mean, this is the kind of stuff I posted. I posted an infographic last week, and this is where the connection comes in, where one of the things that frustrates workers more than anything is software and system experience. It's like one of the biggest factors that, that irritates them about their job. And this is the kind of stuff that when I think of use cases where you go, hey, this is really important, watch this video. And then they go to do it and the experience is a dumpster fire, which a lot of times we're just like, well, it'll be fine because we assume, well, the experience was fine for me. I put it here, you know, I have this, I did this, I used this and it was fine. And assuming, well, everybody else will have the same experience I did. And oftentimes, <laughs> That is not the case. Even assuming browser is something that I think a lot of times people take for granted. Oh, everybody's using Chrome. Really? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> you know, type of a thing. And you can run into serious problems with that kind of stuff. And it can seriously have a negative impact. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> you know, just to kind of touch on a, a couple of things there. So like one thing you brought up, yeah, about you know, we kind of jokingly like with our engineering team, it works on my machine. It works locally, you know, before you push it up. That's like a, like, it's like a really common, uh, you know, phrase in, in, uh, in engineering, but, but yeah, like if you're uploading a video, right. So maybe you're, uh, it's even on your on-prem system or like as crazy as it sounds like sometimes we'll have people like, Oh, I'll just host it on my own, on my own server, on my website, on my Squarespace, Squarespace or Webflow page. And it's like the, the thing you're not thinking about is like, yeah, if you have customers, if you have employees, if you have team members all over the world, I need to watch this content, you know, your little server or whatever it's being served up from locally, it's not, the latency might be crazy going all the way across the world. So having, you know, what's right. referred to as like a content delivery network, you know, having something like that where it can be propagated to multiple locations, 
it finds what the nearest server is, it replicates the file, it handles, you know, if you have millions of views and things like that. And so, you know, TDN's been around for a while, you know, you have Akamai and, and Amazon as CloudFront and things like that. But like, again, going back to kind of this core fundamentals, like that part's super important. Um, and it ties right into the user experience. Like if, if I have an hour to spend on training, you know, I used to work at Toyota, right? I worked at Toyota Financial Services for five years. And, you know, we had a lot of really important responsibilities that we had in our, in our department. And, you know, there were certain trainings that we were required to take. Some stuff was, was optional, but you know, you wanted to optimize your time. Like, okay, Hey, I allocated an hour to do this training. Well, yeah. If you're wasting, you know, 10, 15 minutes because the video is loading or you have to reload it, um, or it's not intuitive, you know, it's, and then you amplify that across maybe thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees. You realize like, you know, it's, it's just a really, really bad experience and it, it's unnecessary. I think that's the part of it too. It's yeah. like in this day and age, that's, you, you that's don't have to, you don't have no. to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because as you're, as you're sharing this, all of a sudden I had, I had, uh, uh, I don't know what a daytime nightmare is, but you know, whatever <laughs> that is, because I remember, I won't, I won't mention which organization, but I was, I was supporting an organization in a capacity and we were there was this huge video initiative tied to a product launch i mean it was massive like this was big there was a fair amount of like campaigning but also some training associated that all had to be done as tied to this product launch and if you've been in big organizations product launch is not like oh we had a mistake not a big deal we'll just do it next week guys you know just don't don't sweat it like this was big and I remember we did not put the time and thought into the video aspect that we probably should have. Now, granted, this was, you know, a little while back, but <laughs> we learned the lesson the hard way because like we announced it. It was like time to go. Hey, everybody, like get started. Here's all your resources. Boom, boom, boom. We crashed the server. And it took, and it wasn't, it wasn't like my, my Dell Optiplex sitting in my, th- I mean, this was like a big, we crashed the server and it delayed the entire, we lost, we actually lost a lot of revenue because the entire product line was delayed as a result of this launch, just completely taking down, taking down, um, the server and basically everything had, we'd hinged on it. We're like, well, the whole thing's dependent on what could possibly go wrong, <laughs> Well, everything did. And I just, I go back to that and go, yes, some of the, sometimes we just dismiss these things as, yeah, it's not really that big of a deal or what really could go wrong, which maybe if you're dealing on small scale or a consequential, like you said, you know, whatever the, you know, viral cat videos. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Fine. I mean, there's really no consequences to it, but if you're talking about serious things, you're talking major dollars and cents. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely big ramifications. I mean, we have we have you know some customers that delivered some super important videos, and and especially even there's content uh, on their website. Like we have a lot of uh, one of our customers in um, he's he's based in Long Island, so he's he does work for Make a Wish Foundation. Um, he does a lot of commercial work. There's a company called uh, Dealer Tracks, so and they make software products okay. for uh, car dealerships and stuff like that. And they have a lot of this content embedded on their site. So it's not even just like, okay, I have some internal and external stakeholders that are gonna kind of watch it when they want. Well, that's what I was gonna ask yeah. is how does this play? How does this play then with with other things? Cause to assume people are always going to one destination to see things, it doesn't always work that way. A lot of times this media is is being injected or embedded into other capabilities or other locations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's content that, yeah, will sit inside of an LMS. There's content that's gonna sit embedded on your website. There's content that, you know, you need to keep private. So you're just going to deliver it to, to other people. And so, yeah, ideally you want a solution that can, that can tackle all those, all those mediums. Um, and, but while still keeping these kind of core fundamentals together, right. Where it's okay. like you have, uh, you know, someone who's actually thought about the details for how video should work, how it should stream, you know, what the end user experience is going to be. And you have things like you're thinking about privacy and security. These are like built into the the core fundamental of the platform and then and then i would say thirdly yeah really this amazing user experience like that can't get lost in the mix because we've seen a lot of uh platforms where you know they're they're good at i would say like on the technical side of things so like wistia for example like it's actually a pretty good product but really their core fundamental is i have a standalone video and i'm going to give you amazing analytics and that's about it so if that's your use case yeah i get it 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 solves that that need it solves that use case but 
as soon as you expand beyond them, you're like, wait, this video can't be public. Wait, I have 10 videos that are all part of a collection or all part of the same theme. I don't want 10 embedded videos on my site. You know, it's, it's cluttered. Um, you know, I have some really important topics that uh, I can't, they can't see the light of day. So these are the types of things where, you know, we, we think about really dearly and, and try to understand like, okay, well, how do we actually solve, you know, this issue? Because at the end of the day, we, we really kind of like try to distill down what are really the, the important factors and like making a video public is, is quite easy. Like at the, when the, when the dust settles yeah. to, to yeah. turn, to upload a video and make it public and send it around, that's easy. But the hard part is if something has to say private and secure and you want to create an amazing experience, like that part's really, really hard. And there are very few companies that, that really do that well, um, that want to put the time into, to really doing that part well. Okay. Okay. Got it. Well, um, so one other thing, and, and I saw you pulled something up. So let me know where you, if you want to switch directions or if there's somewhere specifically you want to go with that. Because I've got a question about kind of behind the scenes workflow, but I had one follow-up question before that. Because I think you hit on something that may not necessarily be, could could easily be overlooked. Is we talked a lot about this functionality, which could be misinterpreted as, okay, so you, so you get that experience like if you go directly to the video location. Right. Like I'm, I'm thinking like workflow, you go to YouTube, you actually go there. But that's a lot of times not where people are consuming videos, because a lot of times, like you said, they're consuming it maybe through their LMS or through their corporate intranet page or blah, 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 whatever that is. And honestly, first of all, one, a lot of platforms don't even let you embed very well. It's terrible right. at it. <laughs> um, and even if you do, a lot of times it's like this really broken deep link code that, that doesn't really play nicely with things. And you lose, honestly, all of the functionality that goes along with it. And if I'm hearing you right, that functionality, that important functionality we're talking about sustains regardless of where people end up consuming it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the way our, our embed code works is really it's it's technically it's using uh, you know an iframe uh, to actually embed some of this content, but yeah, you're you're basically still getting the content, and you're still getting uh, the security parameters that are around there. Okay. Um, so we spent yeah we spent a lot of time kind of perfecting that. So you know if you want to whether it's getting rid of any of the you know not seeing the MediaZilla URL, um, but you want to create keep this great experience. Um, and yeah, when it, if you want to share a screen, I can kind of like kind of yeah. show you show your audience uh, some of the stuff that we're. That we're talking okay. about so you know this <clears throat> this is basically referred to as as a, a collection so this is kind of like okay. a final product so you know you guys are probably super familiar with you know obviously embedding uh, a video or standalone video but this was going back to the early days when we we're talking about you know what is that end user experience and wanting to create you know kind of like that dvd and blu-ray experience um yeah you know this is basically what we have so you know what we're looking at is we call it a collection but you have kind of your main menu and then you know this is just a, a demo that we created um, and you have sub menus and you have multiple videos and you can, you can go to the, the cool thing is, you know, you can make this a simple. And that's built into the video. Yeah. So this, well, this is basically a, this is what we call a collection. So these are all linked to the yeah. videos. So it's really okay. cool is, yeah, you can, cause this is a really, again, this is like a super common use case that came up where people were saying, Hey, I have yeah, a there's product a, line. There's a pathway of videos or there's relevant or related videos tied to it, but you don't necessarily want people to have to remember 16 different locations where they have to go or like, well, what order are these in or all this other stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And then what's cool too, is we actually just, uh, this got added in uh, a few weeks ago, but you can actually add in external links too. So like in this instance, we actually had a Google doc uh, for things that we're sharing, or maybe there's a link to, you know, certain document and things like that. But the idea here is just having all of the project assets or video assets in one place. And, you know, you asked, you know, what are common things that we see? Well, it's very common where there's multiple videos for one project. And so for sure. we've, we've seen one approach. Especially one approach with is, the trend in our industry, which is how do we make content more consumable, right? Rather than this 60 minute video that you have to sit and watch, how do we maybe break it into more relevant chunks so that people can say, okay, well, these are the different chunks and sections and I want to consume it in a digestible fashion versus maybe. And so that is, I mean, it's a common trend that we're running into. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but it's, it's but they're still related. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what the big thing is. Yeah. You have, you have a lot of these related videos or related topics, um, you know, and you want to deliver them. The, the beauty of this too is, you know, it's just in, it's in one deliverable. So you have one URL that's not going to change. Okay. Um, Cause an alternative that we've seen is where, 
you know, you've probably seen this before. There's 10 links in an email to, you know, Zoom cloud recording or Google Drive or Dropbox or Vimeo, what have you. Um, and then potentially. That, well, and that's what I was trying to, I'm too. trying to like, yeah, well, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to unpack to make sure that what you're showing is relevant to, to, to kind of unpack. Cause you could easily gloss over that and misunderstand that and go, oh, so it's still like a bunch of different videos. And it's like, well, right. But yes, packaged together in a user experience that leads a single URL. Cause like that use case you just said, where it's like, Hey, here's the series of whatever videos. And there's 10 links. They're all relevant and related, but now you're managing access to 10 different things. It's a disparate user. I mean, it, it gets very messy very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, we have like, this is even one, you know, we, we, eat our own dog food, if you will. So like, we it's just crazy because it doesn't look like a video. That's the part yeah. that is very different is that does not look like a video. It looks like you said, like a DVD, like you, you go, you're going through the menu system in the video. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really kind of the, the genesis. Like when we talked about, you know, early in the conversation is really how do we take that experience that, you know, online DVD, online Blu-ray, you know, experience that people are used to navigating, having all these assets and how do we move that online and just make it like a seamless experience. And that's, that's where we spend a ton of time just perfecting that building, you know, we built a prototype and then we've just been perfecting over the last nine years. Um, you know, so that part, and here, I'll just show you a quick, uh, you know, as an alternative, <laughs> Okay, so let's look up. You know, maybe the <laughs> Here end, we go. Here, the here's the, the alternative. <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. It's like, I get it, right? This, this is mainly a consumer, but people, you know, they put up a lot of really important videos on here. And I don't think people always necessarily think through the, the user experience. So back to your other point. Yeah, you go down the rabbit hole, you know, the, the recommendation. And I'm on. I'm on oh, you I'm, came out to watch a training video on what we need to do with leadership. And next thing you know, you're watching about King Charles the third and, and what does he have to do to wear the crown type of a thing. Yeah. And, and the big thing too here is, you know, there's and, and Vimeo even has not as bad as this, but a lot of times there's, there's a huge amount of distraction. I think that's, you asked about one of the yes. challenges that's, I think that's one of the biggest things where it's like, well, what is the goal? You know, I'm sure a lot of your audience, you're saying, Hey, I want my associates focused on, you know, a particular yeah. topic or getting and we're battling, we're battling distractions. Yeah. We are battling massive distractions. Yeah. I mean, you figure, you know, to a certain degree, we're all kind of in an attention economy, even within a company. And so if you're kind of like, if you make it seamless where it's like, here, boom, go here, here's the specific assets you need to watch. Here's all the resources. There's no distractions and things like that. But then you have something else where, you know, you're, it's like, where do I actually put my attention? What am I supposed to focus on? Like, I have all these options here. I have all these videos. And then, you know, one of the, one of the challenges too, where it's like, okay, you know, even if I go into, uh, you know, a video here again, yeah. Ads, of course, of course, there's many ads and love, not a lot of people realize this too, is YouTube actually updated their policy last year where they can run ads on any video. So even if you don't have monetization turned on, because normally you have to hit several thousand subscribers and so many hours a yep. day. They eviscerated that where they can run ads on any video uh, that they want. So, you know, is this relevant to your audience? Is this congruent with your brand, with you right. know, the, the, the company culture? Well, and even the recommended videos that pop up next to it, again, it's, and I think the point that you're getting at, um, and again, I mean, even the comments can take you down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, what does this say? I mean, again, in the, in the, I love the way you framed it in the attention economy we are competing against a lot. And so anything we can do to say, hey, how do we reduce some of these competitive factors? When we're talking about video, this is a real factor. And I think this is one of the things we often take for granted is like when we just say, oh, we'll just slap it up on YouTube and send out a leak to people. It's like, well, you've now just added not only a layer of complexity that massively degrades the user experience, but you've also you've actually added distraction on top of their already overloaded distract. Like they were already distracted with everything else. You just got these people to maybe click on the thing that you asked them to click on amidst their other distractions. And now you go, here's 500 other distractions that are probably going to capture your attention equally or more because it's like, Oh, well, that's, I didn't know that was going on this week. Like, let me see what this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we kind of jokingly say like most people, they're, they're no match for YouTube's algorithm. Like you have data scientists, you have psychologists, like 
you're just thinking like, oh, this was a relevant video that, that popped up and oh, I might like watching it, but it's like, no, there, there's a lot of science. There's a lot of smart people that are working behind the scenes, updating that algorithm. So they're trying to serve it and keep you on, keep you engaged. Well, they want your possible. attention. Going back Absolutely. to attention economy. And I think what we're getting at here is as the designer, who do you want to be controlling their attention? And I think that's a really important factor to consider is, do you want them at the mercy of someone else who does not have your interest in mind? They have theirs. So they're, they're commanding for their attention. And if anything, they want to actually distract your audience with the stuff that this, they think is going, because <laughs> this is where you can go down the AI rabbit hole. But, but I mean, ultimately they may, they may know better than you do. They're not interested in what you just sent them to. This is not going to capture their attention. We've got better stuff for them and we can distract them with that better stuff and actually pull their attention off of this. And I think that is one of those things where when you actually start thinking about this, this isn't just like a convenience factor or a nice to have. This can dramatically impact the efficacy or even the reach that you have with what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, when we really looked at this and we really analyzed the market, and especially early days, you're saying, hey, what what got our attention and, and why? Do, and I guess the big thing for us is like, you know, going back to kind of our our reason for being is like, yeah, there's a lot of really, really important videos that people need to watch. There's important content they need to digest. And <clears throat> you want to be able to get your message directed to them without all these crazy distractions. You want to create this amazing experience. You don't want them, you know, going through this painful process, this arduous process where videos aren't playing or I'm hitting bandwidth limits and stuff like that. And the cool thing is now is like this, this can all be, you know, it's all done correctly. There's companies like us that like we fret over all these, these little details. Like I was on a call yesterday with, with my co-founder and like literally we were looking at like there was an information button. We're like, wait, we need to move that down one pixel. Like we need to increase the font. Like, <laughs> like literally like one pixel. We're like, wait, wait, that's off. Like what's the center line on download? Because it was on the analytics page. And we're like, no, no, no. Like the font's a little bit too big. Okay. Is there a drop shadow on there? So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, you know, but those are the things that we actually think about. Like when we're talking about the engineering team, we're like, okay, man. This video played, but there was a little bit of latency. Okay, what happened? Let's go check the let's go, let's go check the okay. browser console and like. So these are the types of things that that you want a company to fret about and actually think about because it's going to come out in the product. So that you don't have to because yeah, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, you you may be watching or listening to this going, this is a rabbit hole that like I it my head hurts thinking about all these things <laughs> and it's like good good because that should be something that then lets you go. So I should be looking for somebody who is as concerned about that because I don't have the capacity to be concerned about all these things, nor should I be. So let me figure out who is concerned about that, to, that is actually guarding that user experience with a degree of depth that I'm just not even capable of. Yeah, yeah. You want you want people at the end of the day, look, you want people that are going to make your life better and make your job easier. Um, video is incredibly, incredibly powerful. But it's really hard. Like internally, we, we jokingly yeah. say video is hard. Like that's our, our mantra internally. So, you know, as silly as it sounds, like there's so much truth to it where it's really powerful, but behind the scenes, it's really complex. And, you know, there's there's probably a 10-hour discussion we could have on all the other complexities there. But, <laughs> but you want you want a company. There's people that, listening are like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with what we're yeah. talking about. But like yeah. you want you want people like us saying, we're gonna make your life better. Like you just upload the video. You go in, you customize. You don't the worry about this complex. Yes, yeah. you you focus you on the things that it. you do really, really well, and we'll handle this back end piece of it, this unsexy piece of video that you can create this amazing end user experience, and your people are going to love you, and you put forth this great content. Because I know, like we see the content that our members create, it's amazing. Like some of the some of the content they create, some of the the product demos, the webinars, employee training, like the the content is amazing, and so you want that user experience to be congruent. You don't want there to be some crazy mismatch because people will remember a bad experience. You know, we talk about, you know, deliver an amazing experience because, uh, you know, a great video can be ruined by a bad experience. So there's no reason why they, they both can't have importance, um, you know, in the world that, that we live in. Okay. Well, like I said, um, I, this was, I told you we'd get to the end and not even have touched the surface, but I mean, if anything, like I said, if you're listening or watching this and going, I, I'm like overwhelmed. I honestly think that's a good thing. I really do. I think that's a good thing because that should, should to your point, video is hard. And I don't think in our industry, we always recognize it as such. It's like, 
oh, video's the big thing. Videos, so that must mean it's easy. Because it's the big thing, because it's a big trend, it must be easy. And it's not. It's not. And there's a lot of complexity. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. But that doesn't mean it has to be complex for you. And that's where this kind of thing can actually help. And by the way, I just, I'm going to pull this one back up one more time because the video doesn't look like video. And I think that is something that, you know, when you think about, I mean, I just even think back to like, I'm trying to think of like when Gladiator first came out on D as an example, that experience of putting in the DVD and being able to find what you needed, you knew you were going to watch the movie Gladiator, but there were other things that were relevant and it was all encompassed in an end user experience. That kind of experience is not something that I've seen on other video platforms. It, it still feels very similar. And I think that's one of the things that really stood out to me when looking at these examples is it's a video, but not in the same way that you may be limiting yourself in terms of, oh, well, a video is this and that's all it can be. No, it actually can be quite a lot more. So I really appreciate you making the time today. This was this was fun. This was this was fun. One of those geeky kind of nerdy conversations where we go into depths. But but again, I think some really, really helpful stuff. So thank you for making the time. Yeah, my pleasure, Christopher. No, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And if anybody, if you guys have any questions, anything I'm going to help, um, you guys can just reach me directly. Just Michael at MediaZilla.com. You guys can connect with me on LinkedIn, but I'm always happy to, hap happy to help. Um, you know, I know the, the work you guys are doing is incredibly important. So if there's anything I can ever do to, to help you provide any resources, um, please let me know. All right. Well, thanks everybody for watching and listening. And I hope you have a great, great rest of your week. Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Have a great week, everyone.